Good morning, Nachum. Good Arab Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Bishalach. According to the Chinuch, Parshas Bishalach contains one mitzvah, a restrictive mitzvah, not to go and not to walk on Shabbos, chutz l'tchum, outside of the boundaries. The concept of tchum is one that is much beyond a uh, overview of the parsha, but clearly the theme is that the spirit of Shabbos and the law of Shabbos, which feeds in to create the spirit of Shabbos, is that we should be clearly in our locale, and to quote the Chinuch, Lo nelech b'derech roko, we should not walk great distances outside the city, but rather within our confines of Shabbos. This is the very special parsha, whereby it is called Shabbos Shira because of the special song that the Jewish people sing when they successfully emerge from the Yamsuf whereby in the very same environment it was dry land for the Jewish people, it was water for Mitzrayim, and the Beis HaLevi, I remind everybody, tells us that the theme of the Shira is not only that the Egyptians were drowned and we survived, but that we thank Hashem for using us, the Jewish people, as the vehicle through which He was honored, made known throughout the world. Because the rabbis tell us that every mommy giving a bath to her child, the water split in that bathtub as well. I'd like to focus on that which comes right after the Shira. And I'd like to begin with the following. Most people have either said or probably think that if only we had open miracles, if only we could see the hand of Hashem, then, oh my goodness, everything would be different. Too too many people, individuals, think that clearly supernatural phenomena and experiences would change their perspective on life and would bolster their religious observance. They would be set for life, having personally experienced and witnessed the supernatural. However, Parshas Beshalach and the incredible miracle of Kriyas Yamsuf proves them wrong. We are taught that immediately after B'nai Yisrael sang Hashem Yimloch the Olam Va'ed that Hashem will reign for all eternity we're told that Vayechu Shloshes Yamim Bamidbar they traveled for three days in the deserts, and Velo Matsumayim they did not find water. And they come to a place called Mara, 
and they could not drink the waters of Mara as they were bitter. Now, I would ask each and every one of you that if we had to write the script, what's coming next, we would have thought that as challenging as this crisis seemed, they would have stayed relatively calm, having personally experienced Hashem's benevolence. The same Hashem that provided water in Egypt when their masters had blood, the same Hashem that had spared them from all the other plagues, the same Hashem that had three days earlier performed the miraculous salvation on their behalf, He would somehow rescue them from this situation as well. After all, Rashi brings the incredible personal miracle that after seeing their former masters washed ashore in front of them. Now what does that mean? Think about this for a second. Rashi, right before the Shira, tells us, Vayiru, they saw Mitzrayim meisalsfasayom. So you could understand it to mean that they saw, in general, the people of Mitzrayim dead on the uh, ground in front of them. The waters spit them up. But not only did the waters spit them up, but listen carefully to this. The waters spit up each Egyptian master that he now lie dead in front of them, in front of the ones that that master had personally persecuted. And what did this accomplish? This alleviated their fears that just as they emerged from the waters, they were afraid, so too did the Egyptians. So the Torah tells us, right before the Shira, Vayaminu Bashem uva Moshe Avdo. They had faith in Hashem and in His servant Moshe. So if that's the case, ay ay ay, they should have been calm. They should have gone to Moshe and say, Moshe, please daven on our behalf. However, sadly, unfortunately, a different reality presents itself. Rashi teaches in the name of the Mechilta that instead of coming to Moshe, and asking him to daven, they complained. What happened to their emuna? And I believe what is especially noteworthy is how the Chachamim, the rabbis, in the Gemara Bava Kama 82a, say that when the Torah records that they went three days without water, aside from the literal understanding, Dorshe Rishumos, Rashi says those who know how to learn the text. Aside from the literal understanding, they said that the text is to be understood that water is a metaphor for Torah. And what happened? As a result of their going three days without Torah, their disconnect from Torah weakened and diminished the charge of Amunah and faith that they had recently acquired. And therefore, the Gemara in Bavakama tells us that either the prophets that immediately succeeded Moshe, or as the Rambam in Hilchos Tfilah, chapter 12, Halacha Aleph, teaches that Moshe himself instituted that the Jewish people 
should not go three days without Torah. And therefore Moshe ordained that the Torah be read and taught on Shabbos, Monday, and Thursday. And the Tikkune Zohar in Shmos 68 teaches that Hashem, His Torah, and the Jewish people are one and inseparable. Torah is the great connector. When the Jewish people are connected to Hashem through the Torah, then their emuna can uplift and sustain them. When, however, they are ouch, disconnected from the Torah, the miracles by themselves do not have a lasting effect. Case in point, the famous Haftorah for Parshas Kisisa, coming from Melachim Aleph, chapter 19, we read of the miraculous descent of fire that was orchestrated by Elio Hanovi on Hara Carmel. We are taught that the many spectators, the Jewish people that were there, who previously could not decide where their allegiance lay. Elio says, how long are you going to be? That you're going to be on the fence, either to Hashem or to Baal, was their allegiance. They responded to the fire by immediately bursting forth with the term that we proclaim at the end of Yom Kippur, Hashem, Hu Elohim, Hashem, Hu Elohim. And then they slaughtered the 450 false prophets. But sad to say, they soon returned to their former ways. The exalting effect of miracles dissipates very quickly. Now what might be the reason for this? Perhaps to restore man to his state of freedom of choice, giving him his free will. The immediate, therefore, in this week's parsha, the immediate proximity of the story of Marah and its bitter waters placed between the splitting of the sea and their traveling to receive the Torah at Sinai seems a bit out of place. Why record this incident altogether? And I believe the Torah is teaching that to bolster and sustain the miracles one needs the study of Torah. The study of Torah attaches the individual to Hashem, which is in effect perpetuating the miraculous. Now there's no question, but that miracles were most necessary. The Ramban, in his explanation at the beginning of the Aseris Adibros, regarding the first of the Ten Commandments, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, Asher they accepted Hashem as their God, as they personally experienced through the miraculous events in Egypt. That He Hashem is the Creator, that He Hashem is the Legislator, having celebrated the first Pesach and followed His laws. However, the effect of miracles dissipates very quickly. In addition to literally imbibing godliness, the study of Torah maintains and sustains Aramuna, 
our faith. We see how the prophecies of the Torah have come true, and it reinforces our belief that all the future prophecies will be fulfilled. The Orachayim HaKadosh, at the beginning of Parshas Tetzaveh, cites the Zohar, that regarding the three prior exiles of the Jewish people, we were, were redeemed in the merit of the three patriarchs. The fourth exile is in the merit of Moshe. And this exile is so long, and I couldn't make this up, take out the Orachayim HaKadosh at the beginning of Tetzaveh, the third or fourth paragraph, and you're going to see this for yourself. Why is this exile so long? As Moshe does not wish to redeem a people who are not involved in Torah study. We pray that this most recent Siyam Ashas, which not only united so many Jews worldwide, rallying around the accomplishment of completing Shas, but hopefully has aroused many more to dedicate time, effort to the study of Torah, thereby enhancing their life and hastening the redemption. I just wish to conclude to remind everybody that this coming Sunday night, Monday, is to Bishvat, the Rosh Hashanah Le'ilanos. And the idea behind it is that we celebrate the fact that the sap is rising in the tree. But note how the Jew celebrates. He celebrates by making brachos over fruits that come from Eretz Yisrael. An amazing thing. Here too, again, we connect through Torah. What's the priority? Which brachos, which fruit come first? That which I like more, that which is listed more within the Pasuk of the Zayaminim. The concept is very clear. That Eretz Yisrael is the land, and we thank Hashem not only for the bounty of Eretz Yisrael, but to appreciate in addition, the sanctity of the land. When one eats of the fruits of Eretz Yisrael, says the Bach, one imbibes the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, the place which is the ideal place for the study and observance of Torah and mitzvot. Shabbat Shalom to all.